The Sweet 16 bracket is set. I'm Matt Bonaparte with Gil Gross on another FizzCast. Gil, today we're going to be going over our brackets, and we just talked about it off-air. We were going over, you know, what a percentile we're in, how many points we have, and we found out it's, it's quite similar. No, no, it's the same. Well, like... <laughs> if we have the same bracket, I will be astonished. We didn't. Right. We did not so, unveil our picks so we could do it on the air. But if we have the same one, that that what are the odds? Right. I mean, and the way this happens is, it's a how's your bracket doing? Naturally, that's what you ask the during these times. And I go, oh well, I'm 61 percentile. You go, you two. We both have five point. We're both ranked 5.7 million in the ESPN bracket challenge. So then naturally. The next question is, okay, well, how, how well are you really doing, right? Because at this stage, it, it's hard to tell based on just that. So it's, what's your max? And it turns out our max is 1270. We have the same max as well. So now let's see if we've had, if we have the same bracket. What's your final four? All right. So my final four is Gonzaga, Alabama, Arkansas, and Illinois. Okay. And... Mine is, is no, no, it's the same, right? It's just <laughs> oh my with, goodness. It's with Florida State. It's not okay. with Alabama. So I have Florida State coming out of the East region, but then again, it's Gonzaga, Arkansas, and it was Illinois. And I'm yeah. assuming you have Illinois in your final and Gonzaga winning. I do. Okay, me too. That's so that's crazy. why that's why we're the same, and that means we have the same amount of like. So we picked the Sweet 16 equally as well. We have the same number of remaining Elite Eight teams. We have the same number of remaining Final Four teams. And we have the same final and the same champion. This is unbelievable. We did not talk. We didn't. We didn't talk at all. And you know what? We might not be the smartest guys out there, but we are consistent with each other. And I think that counts for something. Hey, so I just want to go, before we, we move forward and we talk about the, the Sweet 16, um, our, our last FizzCast was, of course, about the, the four theories, DA's four theories of why Syracuse doesn't do great in the ACC, but then does great in the postseason, particularly the NCAA tournament. Sam Vesany of The Athletic basically did a piece interviewing four ACC assistant coaches and one out-of-conference head coach, asking them all that same very question. It's a really good piece in The Athletic if you pay for, an, for a uh, subscription. Uh, but I'm just going to – I want to tell you one thing that we kind of didn't talk about, which is the offensive simplicity that Syracuse plays with. A lot of the coaches were talking about that. How We always talk about how you know, the Orange, they don't really run any plays. They don't really do much of anything. Um, and normally we're talking about that as a negative. But when it comes to the tournament, when everything is – everyone's really tight and nervous – the fact that Syracuse plays such a simple style where it's just, all right, go out and ball, it, it kind of helps the Orange. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, the Orange, of course, do not run that much of an offense. It's just a couple of screens. Guys come off the screens. You take shots or if someone set a screen, I'm driving to the basket kind of thing. Uh, so that's an interesting viewpoint. We will have a Syracuse-Houston preview later this week. And tomorrow we will be talking to a member of Houston Media getting ready for this big matchup. But right now, let's get into the Sweet 16, Gil. So the Sweet 16 teams, as of right now, in the West are Gonzaga, Creighton, USC, and Oregon. In the South, Baylor, Villanova, Arkansas, and Oral Roberts. In the Midwest, Loyola, Chicago, Oregon State, Syracuse, and Houston. And in the East, Michigan, Florida State, UCLA, and Alabama. First off, of course, Oral Roberts is the one 
that sticks off the page as, wow, I can't believe they've gotten this far. You love to see a, a, a Cinderella story such as that one. But I don't think, you know, I think some people were picking them. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they came into this tournament with the number one offense in the country and an NBA player in Max Abemus. So I also, I know that some people had that circled as, okay, if there's a 15-2 upset, it will be Oral Roberts. Yeah, and, and Ohio State, they don't really guard anyone either. So it was kind of like, well, this, is, this could be a shootout, and it, it could kind of turn into a toss-up. And that's exactly what happened. And then Oral Roberts followed it up with a 81 to 78 win over Florida. I'd love to see them go farther. It wouldn't help for my bracket, my bracket, my bracket. But, you know, it would be fun to just watch a 15 seed just stump some other teams going forward. But uh, a lot of one seeds left, except Illinois, of course, is what struck me a little bit. There's a lot of high seeds left. I mean, there were a lot of upsets this year, but I believe I saw it's the highest average seed of any seed 16 or something like that at 5.88 is the average seed. So a lot of good teams still left, not a whole lot of uh, higher seeds being upset. It's a lot more of the fours and the fives that we've seen go down, but there's a lot of ones and twos left. So let's see, I mean, how far do you think some of these teams like a Baylor or a Michigan, because a lot of people were calling Michigan to be the the first one seed to fall. They had um, livers is hurt. People called them the weakest one, but they're still, they're still fighting. Well, this is going to be the real test now with, with Florida State. And we've, we talked about him, we've talked about him a lot. I mean, at some point, Leonard Hamilton's program is going to break out in the tournament. It's, it's happened in the regular season now over and over and over again that FSU has been good. Uh, and I just think that this is going to be the real test for, for Michigan. I do think that they're probably um, a little bit vulnerable without livers and yeah, I mean, credit to them for, for getting through these first couple rounds, but he, here's the real test against the Seminoles coming. If you really look at the, the overall scope, yeah, I, I, I feel you. I think that there were a lot of upsets, but at the same time, the ones and the twos besides Ohio State, they've rolled. So there hasn't been those mega shockers as much as we've seen in years past, but there has been a lot of those uh, mini upsets. You had a, uh, you also had um, Abiel Christian um, getting through, or Abilene, sorry. I was reading the, the abbreviation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to say, you know, the Midwest region is probably the most upset heavy, and that's Syracuse's region, of all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what I've loved this year is being able to see, you know, and this happens every year, but I think it's this year especially because in, in a COVID-19 season, I think it was really difficult to get a grasp on a lot of teams and know which mid-majors are going to make a splash, which ones aren't, just because of scheduling. Some teams didn't play a lot of teams. Colgate, which was uh, a team that was ranked eighth in net rankings this year, only played three different teams throughout the entire season. So it was difficult to get a grasp on any team and I think we've seen that a lot. I mean, Loyola Chicago stands out to me as, you know, a low-ranked uh, seed in this tournament that is really, really good. The Ramblers made Illinois look terrible when they played them in the round of 32, and I don't think that it's going to change when they face Oregon State in the Sweet 16. I think the Ramblers have a really good shot, and I think it's rightfully so. Yeah, it's interesting. Loyola Chicago is is kind of – a team that people are saying, well, don't stop calling them an underdog, like stop because 2018 final four team 
and just looking so much like they belong here at this point in time. It is interesting that they, they obviously got Georgia Tech without Moses Wright, and you do wonder what that game could have been if, if Wright was playing, because I do think that talk about another underseeded team. I think Georgia Tech was that. So that could have been a really interesting first rounder and it wasn't. And then that could have, you know, it's like the butterfly effect. Who knows what happens if Georgia Tech wins that game instead. But Cameron Crutwig and, and Loyola Chicago, they are looking really, really strong. Uh, they, that, that senior big is great to have in the tournament, I think. And everyone always talks about the guards. I think that the guards later on in the tournament become really, really important. But I think in the earlier rounds, it's nice to have the big uh, because you don't really need to worry about just like tight shooting. You know, when you kind of pound the rock inside, it's a little bit less prone to kind of having those high variance slumping games. Yeah. And let's, let's uh, focus towards the ACC a little bit. Conferences this year have been deemed a a couple of conferences have been deemed frauds. You, you first are going to look towards the Big Ten when you think about that. A lot of those teams lost, and they were hyped up for their great competition so much this season. But the ACC is really not too different. Just Syracuse and Florida State remain from the ACC teams that made the tournament. That was Clemson losing in the first round. You had Virginia losing in the first round, UNC losing in the first round, and Virginia Tech in the first round. So uh, a lot of uh, ACC teams just not showing out. Yeah, it hasn't been – it's obviously been pretty bad for the ACC and the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 has been on the other side of the coin. The fact is there was no non-conference basketball really this year. So how in the world are we supposed to figure out how good these teams are when they're only playing each other? You know, if, if, for anyone who said, well, the Big Ten is so strong this year, you know, look at them. Well, no. You know, how? How are we getting to these conclusions? There was a thought that the ACC was down – because Duke and UNC and Virginia weren't great. And that was very easy, very measurable. But as far as, well, the the Pac-12 being good this year and and all that, I think that who could have saw that coming because there was so little non-conference. The other thing is that the, the sample size is tiny here. And I really think that for the most part, people should try to avoid kind of broad sweeping conclusions about conferences. Uh, based on what happens in a tournament one year. I think if you stretch it out over 10 years or something like that, now you can start to make conclusions. For example, the Mountain West Conference, they have been bad in the tournament for a really, really long time, like 10 years. They have a bad record. Their automatic bids usually lose in the first round. So does, does that change the way I look at the Mountain West and a San Diego State team that dominates that conference? Yes, absolutely. But one tournament, we're looking at one, two games out of each team. You got to gotta try to not make those broad conclusions. I also think that conferences like the Big 12 and the Big 10 get those nods as the best conferences because they have a lot of superstar power. When you look at guys like Io Dusunmu or Luca Garza and those, those – uh, Wooden Award finalists and, and, and nominees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ACC really didn't have a guy like that this year. So I think it's a lot of eye test when it comes, especially this season where we didn't see non-conference play like you mentioned. I think it's a lot of eye test when it comes to uh, deeming one conference better than another and you get those superstars that tend to sway the pendulum a little bit one way or another. But we talked about how our, our brackets are doing. It's not the best, but, you know, it's not too bad. 
you know, you don't have to pick your bracket, but I want your biggest surprise going forward. Maybe you give me a final four with all the teams left, Gil. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, I, it's hard not to stand by what I already have here with Gonzaga, Florida State, Arkansas, uh, because none of them are out. And then in the Midwest, obviously, that becomes, that becomes Syracuse's situation. Um, you know, I, I haven't made a pick on Syracuse, Houston yet. I, I'm, you know, that's still in the oven. It's cooking. My, my prediction is cooking. Uh, it's, a, it's at about three, it's about, it's at about 350 right now. It's got to preheat to about 450 before it's ready. And the cooking podcast all of a sudden, <laughs> but I'll have the winner of that likely moving on to the final four. Yeah. Um, let me, what about you? And then I'll give you a surprise. Okay. I really like the Ramblers in the Midwest. I think that, uh, I think Syracuse, if they, uh, like you, my, uh, Syracuse Houston prediction is still cooking. But uh, I think whoever wins the Syracuse-Houston game is going to lose to Loyola Chicago. I think they're a really, really good team. And I don't really see Syracuse or Houston beating them, or Oregon State for that matter. So in the Midwest, uh, emerging, I have the Ramblers. Over to the East, where it's in the Sweet 16 right now, is Michigan, Florida State, UCLA, Alabama. I don't see the Crimson Tide losing. I think they're a really, really good team. I think they're by far the best two of this tournament. It's not hard to say now that two of them are gone. But uh, I think that Nate Oates' team is really, really good. I think they're both on good, good on both sides of the ball. Uh, and I think, you know, they're just a magnificent squad. And then you go up the top left of your bracket in the western region. That gets a little bit more difficult, but not really because it's going to be Gonzaga. Uh, there's a lot of competition there, but none of them are quite as good as the Bulldogs. And then in the top right in the south, Baylor, Villanova, Arkansas, Oral Roberts. I've got the Razorbacks like you do. All right, here's my surprise, Bones. Um, I'm going against you here. I also think that Alabama is the most dangerous of the two seeds, but I'm going to take a shot on UCLA. Okay. Against I, I, a, I like that. Yep. Against a, a Crimson Tide team that shoots so many threes, and they're coming off a game where it just clicked for them. I mean, they were incredible against Maryland. They put up 96 points. Um, and then they, they beat Iona by, by quite a bit as well, by 13 points in that one. I just have a – I really like UCLA, um, who will be playing loose as a heavy, heavy underdog against a Bama team that isn't quite battle-tested yet. Um, UCLA playing with house money. And then the, the three-point reliance, you never know when that's going to go out the window. So uh, I'm going to go with the Bruins as my surprise pick in the Sweet 16. I like that. I uh, I think that. Do you think they get by Michigan or Florida State? Nah, you know I really like what Florida State is doing. I think they have so many options. I think they play as a team. No star ball there. If if one of them doesn't have it going, someone else picks up the slack. I don't like them as a national title contender so much because I actually think that it's better if you can rely heavily on. Yeah, I, I like a little bit more of a get me a bucket at the end of the game when, when I'm looking at the final four and the national title game. Uh, but until then, I do like Florida State to advance to the final four. And I think that uh, Michigan team is, is really driven by their coaching, and that's why Juwan Howard is getting a lot of looks in terms of the NBA. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about the Syracuse game tomorrow, and you mentioned that your prediction is still cooking there. And you talk about, you know, we, we both say our, our Gonzaga is both of our champions. 
I want to talk about them a little bit. You know, 26-0, an undefeated team doesn't come very often in college basketball. How, how great do you think that team is? And we'll, and we'll wrap up. Yeah, they, they, they blow me away. They do. Uh, Suggs is so fun to watch. Timmy is like a, a, a version of Dolajai with like a much better physical acumen. Uh, the way that they play inside out, the the offensive creativity, the unselfishness, it's a little bit Warriors-like, um, I would say, in college basketball because it just it just feels like they have just an overload of talent and they click at the same time. It's a lethal combination. All right, well, that's Gil Gross. I'm Matt Bonaparte. We will have a Houston media member tomorrow for you on our next FizzCast. And then we will have, of course, our Syracuse-Houston preview later this week. It's Fizz and Indy.